Today's reading is from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, and the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you for all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Today we have the privilege and honor of having Reverend Greg Yee as our preacher for the day. Greg serves as the superintendent of this region of our covenant family, the Pacific Northwest Conference. In that role, he guides churches, supports the mission that we do together, he pastors other pastors, and he keeps these 70 plus churches in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho moving forward in the mission of God. Greg is also now serving with our pastoral search team, helping them and guiding them in the process of finding a new lead pastor at Pine Lake Covenant. So we are privileged to have Greg here to share with us. I know you will enjoy what he has to share, his vision and his passion for what it means to be followers of Jesus. Hey, good morning, Pine Lake Covenant Church. What a blessing it is to be with you on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday, but also the beginning of February, which means that we have been in this pandemic for about a year now, which is crazy. I just want to start out before um, we jump into the sermon here uh, to thank your staff, especially to thank your leaders, especially for all the ways that they've adjusted and pivoted and really leaned into this very different time that no seminary, nothing in the past has prepared us for. But I hear great things coming from you all, and I'm just grateful for your leaders, uh, for all of you, uh, as you have uh, walked this journey together. Hey, church, um, I want to bring a word out of Joshua 1, as uh, we had the many different voices read. Thank you for that. Uh, because it's a passage that I feel just fits this moment pretty pretty well. <laughs> Um, it was a time of great transition for God's people. They were moving from what once was into a new chapter. And you all, as you have been in the middle of this transition, and when I think about it's it's not just a change in, in, in your, your lead pastor, but it's really, as we're in this moment, it's 
the transition from what has been in the past, even prior to the Merediths being here, um, to, to what has built this church uh, up to this point. But now all of what is before us. Now I think of the stories. I think of what has gone on as we begin Joshua 1, what has happened in Deuteronomy. We, we, we think about Moses sitting on that hillside watching uh, this transition happen. But we also think about the previous generation. We think about this previous generation that was the generation that was there during the plagues in Egypt, that was there during all the tension with Pharaoh, all the tension of the let my people go. And can you imagine the stories that were told? Do you remember the day when we were released? Right. Do you, do you And the stories that were passed down to the kids in this generation that is about to go into this new and the stories of being there at the shores of the Red Sea and and, and the miraculous waters being parted and the ways that, that that God provided in the deserts and 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 how they felt so desperate at moments and how God showed up and and the stories that were passed on about how Moses you know, was on the mountain and this incredible fireworks show of fire and smoke and the law being delivered and this new way of being being spread throughout the people. And then uh, the calling of the artisans, right? And the collection of all the fine metals and, and the building of their, of their mobile tabernacle, right? Of their mobile temple, the tabernacle. And the stories that were told and passed on. And now they are about to come to the promised land. Now, Moses wasn't allowed to take them in. Joshua would take them in. And, and I really am picking up on just the symbolism of the transition, right? The moment before, right? I chose this story because this has been an incredible uh, year of transition for you all, for all of us. But for you with the, the, the transition of the senior pastor. We have been in the middle of a pandemic. All that was dependable and known in years past. Uh, we're questioning what what goes forward with us uh, as we figure out uh, what happens uh, once we're all vaccinated and things uh, go back to some kind of new normal, right? What is our new normal? We want Moses. We want the old and the familiar. We want the known. But God is taking us to a new place with a new leader soon. But God is taking us to a new place, and I just want us to focus on how you as a church can respond to that. How, how can you grab this moment as a church and, and, and in the best way possible, in the best posture possible, move forward from this transition into your <laughs> promised land, your, your new reality, okay? And as we look at this passage, I have um, a three-step uh, outline, and it's simply this. Um, I want to encourage you to get ready. That's the first thing, get ready. The second is uh, to acknowledge, to, to, to realize in, in the depths of our being to, that God is working, okay? Get ready, and then God is working. And then the third one is a call to commitment to walk together, walk together. Get ready, God is working, and walk together. God um, as we open up your word, as um, I share uh, what is on my heart with uh, my dear sisters and brothers there at Pine Lake, uh, we just uh, confess in this moment our belief that your word is living and breathing and cuts into our inmost being. And so God, in this time of worship, may we hear you, may we continue to be transformed by your presence here with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, church. So uh, verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of God, Moses said, Moses, my servant is dead. And I'm, I'm fixating on these two next words. Now then, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. Now then, when you look at the original language in, in Hebrew, this now then has the sense of arise, right? Whatever you're doing, Stop doing that and get up. If you're focused on something else, focus here now. God himself speaks and says, arise you and, and all the people. Get ready to cross over into the new. Okay? As you begin this new chapter, how ready are you is the question I'm asking. Do you hear your call uh, as the church for sure uh, to, to arise and prepare yourself but for you personally as well. Uh, God's people didn't just hear uh, Josh, that Joshua was going to cross the river, you know, and maybe the, 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 the priests, and then just kind of mentally agree with it, just kind of mental assent, right? It's like, okay, we're going to cross the river. We're going into this new normal. We're, we're going out of the wilderness. We're going out of the pandemic. We're going into this, this new thing, and I agree with that. I know it's going to happen. No, no, it, was, it wasn't just mental ascent. It, it was a reality that all of them were going to cross over. All of them needed to get up, as, as God is saying to them, arise and prepare yourself for this new journey. You know, um, uh, uh, when I think about, uh, you know, kind of leadership principles uh, with, you know, not just in, in churches, but kind of some maxims and truisms that are out there. You might be familiar with the Pareto's principle. Pareto's principle says that usually in, in, in any organization, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Now, it's kind of sociology of sorts, whatever uh, is behind that. But I want to say, children of God, followers of Christ, that we can't settle for Pareto's principle in the church, Right? That, that when the Holy Spirit says, you are new in Christ, and I am going to give you actual, like, supernatural infused spirit, given spiritual gifts to every single daughter and son of mine, God says, that that is for the building up of the church. That is not to be hoarded. That is not to be kept on the sidelines. But that all of us should be on the field contributing with our time, our, our, our resources, and these gifts right? Friends, how do you need to ready yourself? I, I, I feel like so, so often that, that we don't jump in, that, that something's holding us back because we've got stuff that's left un, um, unaddressed. Like uh, in this transition, as you, you, you look to go forward, as you think about being all in here and using your gifts and your time and your, in your, in your resources, you know, are there, are there things like relationships that aren't right? Maybe relationships within the church even that aren't right. Maybe this is the time that we need to seek reconciliation. That's part of the getting ready. Maybe if we're har harboring anger or bitterness of sorts, that it's just really kind of in the well water somewhere, whether it's in our family or, or some kind of relation or in our church or in Pine Lake. What do we need to do to make that right? What do we need to do to surrender and, and, and seek forgiveness with each other? Are, are, are we uh, are we doing something like are we we knowingly disobeying God in our lives like something that God is not pleased with? Do we need to confess that? 
It is really difficult to try to walk or move forward if I have tied behind me, I've got a rope that's tied around a 50 pound sack of rice. It is really hard to walk forward if I'm trying to drag that, that bag of rice. It's really difficult for me to be in my car if I've got chained to my car a big concrete block. You understand what I'm saying? Church, friends, what's holding you back? God wants to cut that rope. God wants to loose that chain. God wants to have you in this place where you are ready to rise up and go into this next a chapter of the church's life. He wants you to live in the light. He wants you to live in freedom. He wants you to know healing. Rise up, church. God is about to lead you to a new place. You are this new generation that is going to go forward. So I just want to ask you, in this time of worship, wherever you are, your home or wherever you are, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you that needs to be attended to in order to get ready, in order to be to rise up? Let's look at verse three, the second thing. I will give you every place where you set foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses as I was with you in the old, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. They were on a mission. They were on a mission. There were walls and the, the, the crossing of the river. There was just a lot of stuff for them to go for. There was a mission for God's people in that day, Right? He says, I want to fulfill my promises to you. But what is our mission today? Right? We're, we're, th th that was a very specific thing that was going on there in the Old Testament and that, that part of history with God's people. But on this side of the cross, with Christ, what is our mission today? You remember it, right? Well, it's no secret. This is not, not a trick question. Matthew 28, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I command. And just before Jesus gets taken up into the clouds in Acts 1, the last red letters that we, we see there um, uh, in, our, in our Bibles, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, that's our mission. That's what God is sending us into. He, he, had us, he has had us in, and, and in this new chapter will absolutely include, because our mission is to go and make disciples. Go and share Christ and to develop people in Christ. He says, go from here on the east side, throughout Seattle, throughout the northwest, throughout the world. He says, go from familiar places to unfamiliar places. Go from places that are comfortable and known to you to increasingly places that are uncomfortable and unknown to you. Go to those, those challenging places, right? Go and make disciples. This is our family business. If we are about making chicken, you know, the gospel, let's not be about making burgers and hot dogs, Right? How do we how do we stop here? How do we take a moment here and ask ourselves, are we truly selling chicken? Selling chicken. 
Are we, are we really about, is Pine Lake really about, at the core of our being, the core of who we are and what we do, about disciple making? Okay? Do we have a clear sense of how people are introduced to the gospel? What is a natural, there's three questions that we ask churches when we kind of do a quick diagnostic. What is a natural and normal way people come to Christ here? Knowing that there are many different ways that people come to Christ, but what are some well-worn pathways that people come to Christ here at Pine Lake? Natural, normal. What's a natural, normal way people are discipled here at Pine Lake? What is the natural, third one, what is the natural, normal way leaders are identified and developed here at Pine Lake? These should be real natural and easy questions and clear questions, uh, uh, questions that we can give clear answers to here. Our goal in life is not to make Pine Lake a comfortable place just for us. It isn't just a church for us to hang on to the ways that we like it. We are the sent ones. This is our mission. This is our family business to go and make disciples. The Israelites' mission was to take uh, the land. Our mission is to join Christ in his work today. Um, what, but what does that look like? Um, I just want to remind us of, of how God is at work in the world. Um, in 1970, there were one million Christians in China. Today, there are estimated over 120 million uh, Chinese pastors there uh, in China. Uh, we hear of them praying for one third of China to come to Christ uh, in the next 10 years of so 430 million people from 120. Crazy, right? This is what they're praying for. This actually is the greatest revival, historic revival and awakening in, in, in the last 2000 years, even more so than the first century. It's amazing, right? In the Muslim world, you hear stories of of dreams and visions and, 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 and Christ or angels showing up and, and people having a transformative experience in, from their dreams or their visions and coming to Christ. Um, our, 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 our church in Bremerton, they've been connected with one of the SEAL teams uh, over in Iraq, and it's been amazing tracking over the COVID, year, uh, COVID months. Um, this a uh, relatively small church that we have in Bremerton, how they had this campus then uh, through the, this last year in Iraq and Iraqi Muslim soldiers were coming to Christ. They were able to be part of baptizing them and connecting them to pastors there, uh, uh, a pastor there in, in Iraq. Uh, my brother was... Um, uh, in Nepal a couple of years ago on a short-term mission trip. And he told me stories of being in these long truck rides uh, out into the villages uh, where they, he was talking to uh, leaders there in the Christian church and how they were saying they were once leaders in the Hindu faith and how um, they received visions and in dreams they met Christ and, 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 and God just orchestrated those things. These things are happening around the world. The gospel is going out there in amazing ways. And just uh, right up the highway from, from you, uh, Joseph Castleberry, who is the president of Northwest University, in his, books, the, uh, in his book, The New Pilgrims, he cites these kinds of things. That Christianity has grown four times, fourfold in the last 100 years, from 600 million to 2.2 billion. Uh, he, he cites stories like it's illegal to proselytize in Vietnam, but the State Department believes that the Christian, grow, the Christian church has grown 600% in the last decade. Iran is a Muslim state 
uh, an absolute Muslim state. But there are estimates that there are nearly one million Christians uh, there in Iran, and they have no buildings, they have no formal structures, they have no publishing houses or schools, and it's mostly being led by amazingly brave and dedicated women there. One million Christians. It's amazing growth in Africa. Christian population has grown from 8.9 million in 1900 to over 350 million today. Christians now make up 46% of that continent. The non-Catholic church in uh, across Latin America has grown over 20% to almost 160 million people. It's amazing. This is what we are connected to. This is the massive flow of the gospel that has flowed out of that moment that Jesus uh, commissions his disciples there in, in, in Matthew 28 and Acts 1. He said, this is what you're going to be about. And we are connected to that flow. You are right there on the plateau, right? But Pew uh, study recently found that Christians in the U.S., they're comparing to Christians in the U.S. to Christians, uh, particularly in Africa and Latin America. And it says that Christians are far less committed uh, to their faith, to practicing their faith than on those two continents. Kind of makes sense, right? Why? Because life is just too comfortable for us here, right? We, we've got our cable. We've got our Netflix. We've got our HBO Plus. We've got, we've got Costco. We've got Amazon. We have so much stuff. Right? particularly for us that live here on the east side. We don't need God when it comes down to it. So many things distract us from God in this world, and so many things distract us from the mission. Church, the mission is not to just show up here on Sunday. God wants you to go out and make disciples. God wants you to serve. God wants you to be generous. God wants you to use your hands and your feet and be his mouthpiece. Are you discipling anybody? Are you sharing your faith with anybody? Are you mentoring anybody? And it doesn't matter how new of a Christian you are or how old of a Christian. It's amazing to me when we think about Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well, and she was a brand new Christian that just began to, just began to understand what living water is. And what does she do? She goes back to her village and she shares the reality of what she experienced with her fellow villagers and scores of people, scripture tells us, come to Christ. That's what God is calling us to. Do you seek to bring God's word to a broken world that needs it so desperately? Oftentimes, God uses transitions and new beginnings to shake us up and to shake our churches up. He uses transitions to give us a new opportunity to, to re-examine, to, 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 to have some balcony time and to restart and, 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 and refocus. He uses new beginnings for us to join him. And I believe God is using this pandemic and God is using this lead pastor transition for you. And the question is, will you join this powerful work, this powerful outflow of the gospel that is happening around the world and is definitely happening right there with you? Lastly, church, uh, verse 9, commit yourself. Be strong and courageous, it says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you no matter where you go. God says, don't be afraid. I will be with you as you join my mission. 
The crossing of the Jordan River was very different than the Red Sea. The priests walked a half a mile ahead of the people. And once they took that first step, scripture says the water stopped and a path, a path was cleared. If you kind of compare things, it, it kind of feels a, a little easier. You don't have the Egyptian you can, breath and the, 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 the horse uh, trots, you know, behind uh, them. But it's very interesting. I, I found this uh, Jewish um, uh, traditional story. This is not in scripture. It's not biblical. But this is a traditional Jewish story about the crossing of the Red Sea. Maybe you've heard this before. Um, but it, it speaks to a commitment. When the Israelites got uh, to the shores of the Red Sea, there was much anxiety, the story says. Uh, if they walked forward, they would drown. Okay, we're go- This is the Red Sea, not the, the Jordan. If they waited, the Egyptians would catch up with them. They were trapped. Someone needed to be the first to go in the water to test God's promises. And Jewish tradition says that all sat down and argued with each other uh, about who would go first. Kind of, kind of sounds like a, some, some of our committee work sometimes, right? <laughs> they, they, they kept talking and no decision was made. But then Nashon, son of Aminadab, simply remembered God's promises. He stood up and began to walk into the water. Okay, Nashon did this. He, he walked into the water up to his ankles. Uh, the water did not part. He, he walked into the water up to his waist. The water did not part. Uh, then he, he walked and up to his shoulders and then up to his chin and the waters did not part. He continued because he remembered God's promises and he took the step that would put his nose underwater and then the water parted. Their traditional story about the crossing of the Red Sea is about commitment. And I just simply want to ask us this morning, are we committed in this way to go all in about walking forward? Even if things feel out of control, even if we are just so overwhelmed by the new and and what is before us, are we committed to walking forward into what God is calling us to? The Spirit is moving us forward. I simply want to end with um, uh, this illustration, okay? So, so often when I share the gospel, I use the, uh, the bridge illustration. Not perfect. No illustration can capture it perfectly. But I, I, I love using this, and 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 God has um, used this illustration for me to to share Christ with a lot of people over the decades. And so, if you're familiar with it, I you know on a piece of paper I draw two cliffs, and then on one side I put um, a, a triangle and put God there, and then on the other cliff I put two stick figures: a woman, uh, a, a woman, and a and a and a, and a man, and um, I put humans there, right? And so then in the chasm in between, I'd write sin. And then I say, you know, the human condition is such that we are always trying, we're longing to try to get to God. We we have this this God-shaped hole that we're trying to fill that only God can fill. And, and we keep on trying to get to him in our own efforts. And we try morality and we try other religions and we try these different things, right? And But all of them fall short, right? I draw these arrows that fall short. And of course, the only thing that can get us over to Christ is, is, is over to God is Christ and, and the cross, the work that was done on the cross, right? So I, I draw a bridge that's in the shape of a cross. And then I invite folks to think, I say, so where, where are you, right? So are, are you like on the other side? And he's like, nah, I don't, I have no interest, 
right? You know, I don't know how they come up with these studies, but they say it takes 12 encounters with the gospel before somebody accepts Christ, right? And so, you know, it may be, I might be number one there, right? And so I just share it and, and the person is just kind of there. All right. Or are you like testing the bridge a little bit? Like, are you putting one foot on and, and, and talking about that? Or, or do you feel like you're on the bridge and, and, and you really kind of want to go over there? And I talk about that. Or do you feel like you're at the end of the bridge and you just want, you, this is a moment of commitment and, and, and you take that step, right? And anybody listening to this, I, I don't know if everybody here is a follower of Christ, but I just pray that if you're not and whatever, wherever part of the bridge that you're on, that maybe it's this morning that you decide to take a further step. Maybe I pray that maybe as I'm recording this and sending, I'm just praying that there might be somebody who would actually take the full step and just realize that it's only when we we um, receive Christ into our lives that that hole can be filled. Do you have a hole? Maybe it's Christ. I, I, I encourage you to, to grab somebody, a family member, one of the staff members, one of the leaders, your, your small group leader, and talk about that. But this is where I, where I want to lead us all also. A lot of times we just end there, right? But I want to say that Christ actually, for us this morning, particularly in the setting of, of Joshua 1, doesn't just have us stay there, right? He doesn't just keep us there and say, it's just about eternal destiny, right? Jesus this morning, I believe, is speaking to you, Pine Lake Covenant Church, and says, will you now take my hand? And walk back across that bridge into a world that desperately needs me. And the plan is for you to be my mouthpiece and to be my hands and to be my feet. To not just speak the good news, but also be the good news for personal life transformation and community transformation. As we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Church. Will you take his hand? Brothers and sisters, will you take his hand and walk back with your entire being and join him on his mission? As we end here, again, I just want to say, are you prepared and ready to rise up in this moment? Do that as, as you're in this transition. There is a mighty work that God is doing around the world that he calls us, that he's asking us to join. And it's amazing what transformation is happening. That is happening on the, the plateau. That is happening here in Seattle. And then commit yourself fully to what God is calling us here today and going forward. Pine Lake, you are constantly in my prayers and my concerns. God bless you as we go from here. God, thank you so much for Joshua 1 and all that it speaks to us about you and how you lead us through transitions, very massive, significant transitions. God, we place our faith anew in you today as we hear this word, but we also take this moment as an opportunity to renew our commitment to you as well and to what you are doing through Pine Lake Covenant Church. God, it is your church, it is your bride, and we just give, we surrender it all to you. God, may you be glorified. May you be honored in Jesus' name. Amen.